Matthew 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star as it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes and the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. There are two ways to deal with Jesus. And I'm thinking of you tonight who are here who do not yet worship Jesus as your supreme treasure. There are two ways to deal with Jesus. The way of Herod and the way of the wise men. The way of Herod is to try to get rid of Jesus. It was pure hypocrisy when Herod said, bring me word about the child so I can come and worship him. He had no intention to worship Jesus. He intended to get rid of Jesus. In fact, within a matter of days, he would kill all the baby boys in Bethlehem, two years old and younger. But his effort to get rid of Jesus, as you know, failed. And it will always fail. The way of Herod always fails. Nowadays, we can't kill Jesus. He's already died and risen and reigns in heaven tonight over this assembly, and he will come again. So we have come up with more sophisticated ways, less violent, to get rid of Jesus. The most common way to get rid of Jesus is to recreate him in our minds in a way that gets rid of his claim upon us. So he's a legend or 
or a mere moral teacher or a prophet or a symbol you can put on your wall, a symbol of hope around your neck. When I was in graduate school in Europe in the 1970s, there was a well-known book called Jesus for Atheists. And lo and behold, Milan Makovic discovered at last after 2000 years that the real Jesus is the perfect embodiment of 20th century Marxism. And he's gone and Marxism will go and we're still trying to get rid of Jesus by reinventing him in the ideological images so that he just fits instead of laying any claim on us at all. The Herod way of dealing with Jesus never worked, it never will work. You cannot get rid of Jesus. And my plea with all of you tonight is that you would not spend your life trying to evade Jesus. Instead, deal with Jesus the way of the wise men. Verse 11, going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped. Falling down signifies submission, and worship signifies treasuring. You submit to him as your king, and you worship him as your treasure. That's the way of the wise men. It's a huge change in life when that happens. None of us is born this way. Every one of us must change from the Herod way to the wise men way. It's called by Jesus, new birth. When it happens, you become a beneficiary of Christmas design, Christmas purpose. And a few chapters later in Matthew, Jesus tells us why there's Christmas and why he came and what the design is. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's the best news in all the world for people like us for two reasons. One reason is that every one of us in this room tonight, doesn't matter where you're sitting and who you are, every one of us in this room tonight is under the guilt and bondage of our own sinfulness against God. We have a debt and we cannot pay it. You know you have a debt. You know you cannot pay. It's the witness of your conscience every late night when you're honest. That's why it's the best news in the world to hear God incarnate, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, look you in the eye and say, I came to pay it. I came to pay it. 
to give my life a ransom for many. That's why I came. That's the meaning of Christmas. Here's the reason number two why it's the best news in the world. When we experience the forgiveness and the liberation, the freedom, through that ransom, we become beneficiaries for the rest of our lives and into eternity of the service of Christ on our behalf. He works for us. Omnipotence works for us. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, meaning through all the pleasures and through all the pain of your life, God in Christ is working to bring you to everlasting happiness in the presence of God. This is the good news of great joy that the angels sang about, and it's yours tonight. If you will renounce the way of Herod, getting rid of Jesus, evading Jesus, and embrace the way of the wise men. The next song that we're gonna sing in the bleak midwinter ends on a note that will provide you with the perfect moment in the pilgrimage of your life to do what the wise men did. On that last note of this song, you will be able to look Jesus in the eye with your heart's eyes and say, I surrender. My heart is no longer my own. My heart belongs to you. I bow down and I worship you as my king and my treasure. And I pray that God would grant us all, every one of us in this room, the grace to do that.